Almost Daily Devotional, Worldliness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Almost Daily Devotional. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today, we're going to be taking a look at chapter 12 of Romans, verses 1 and 2, and we'll be discussing the topic of the struggle against worldliness. Hey, everybody, this is going to be a tough one today. Welcome to the Almost Daily Devotional for those of you who are new. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to keep this one at 10 minutes uh, or less like we typically try to do here at the Almost Daily Devotional. But today is a topic that's a difficult one and one that, uh, you know, bears a little confessing on my end as far as my own struggle with what we're going to talk about today. In fact, the title today is Struggling Against Worldliness. And, you know, it, it, it is a difficult topic. You know, God calls us as Christians. And, and for those that know this, uh, there is a scripture in, in the Word of God. And for those who don't know, there's a scripture in the Word of God. Uh, there is a reference that says God wants us to be in the world but not be of it. Basically, the understanding is that, you know, we need to make sure that we are involved in the world in such a way that we have real relationships. I'm talking real relationships with people who are not uh, Christians. We, I mean, investing in their lives, investing in love in those people without any kind of selfish gain or motivation or any kind of weird uh, agenda in our mind. We, we ought to be involved and engaged in this world. But the Bible does warn us against being of this world or or getting so sucked in that we become a part of all the all the things that we ought not be a part of. I know I'm starting to ramble. So why don't we just jump right into Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read the scripture and then I'll share with you, you know, where my where my life uh, lies as it comes to these scriptures here. So anyway, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Here's verse 2. Listen closely. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. I'm going to say that one one more, and then I'll finish up the the rest of, rest of chapter or verse two. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When I read verse one. I start to get a little bit, uh, you know, nervous when it talks about living, presenting your body, offering your life as a living sacrifice. I start to say, oh, you know, it's kind of like that giving up complete control kind of thing. And it seems to have this negative connotation to it. Let me read to you from my uh, Life Application Study Bible some notes in here. It says, When sacrificing an animal according to God's law in the Old Testament, a priest would kill the animal, cut it into pieces, and place it on the altar. Sacrifice was important, but even in the Old Testament, God made it clear that obedience from the heart was much more important. 
God wants us to offer ourselves, not animals, as living sacrifices. So first of all, I want to say here, when God says offer our bodies as sacrifices, it's not saying, you know, you need to be willing to die right now. You know, just go ahead and, and just don't worry about it. But no, 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 no. He's talking about living sacrifices. And, and the idea here, daily laying aside our own desires to follow him, putting our own energy and resources at his disposal and trusting him to guide us. We do this out of gratitude that our sins have been forgiven. When you look at that verse from the proper perspective, understanding and, and reading the notes that come from this Life Application Study Bible, it makes that verse seem, okay, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And so, so many things, I think, in our lives, we take a look at God's word and we think, oh, it's so negative, it's so negative, and it's not. I mean, it really... God loves us. God wants to be our father. He, I was looking at another scripture recently and saw where, you know, it says, you know, God wants to give us gifts. He wants to give us great gifts. And, you know, what father, when his son asks for this, gives him something horrible, something completely offbeat. But no, if, 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 if you know, when a son asks for this and the father has the ability to provide it, he does it. And that's an earthly father. And it says if your earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father you know, even though you guys are just mere human and, and you're not, you don't have the full capacity that I do, God loves us and loves us more than we can imagine. And he wants great things for us. So he's not going to tell us to do something awful or horrible to make our lives absolutely miserable. But Satan would have me believe that offering my body as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, day after day, dropping my own selfish desires and putting all my energy and and everything at his at God's disposal Satan would have me believe that that's a negative thing that you know that's just uncalled for I mean how how boastful how arrogant can God be blah 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 and those are you know those are things that just we need to put out of our minds and I need to put out of my mind so so I'm going to read to you uh, another note in here um that comes from my uh, life application study Bible. It says, God has good and pleasing, uh, I'm sorry, God has good, pleasing, and perfect plans for his children. He wants us to be transformed people with renewed minds, living to honor and obey him because he wants what is best for us. And because he gave his son to make our new lives possible, we should joyfully give ourselves as living sacrifices to his surface. So, okay, here's the situation. I am a father of three children, okay? And I will tell you, I get very hurt, very upset, and very, very angry with my children when they do things that are just outright wrong. I mean, and and when I tell them, hey, please don't do this, we have this rule in place. You know, all I'm asking you to do is to obey me. And, you know, and, and my kids will say, I'm sorry, Dad, I love you. I love you. And they turn around and do it again. And, I, and then I say, you know, I, I'm very upset. I'm very hurt that you're doing it. Do you understand why I don't want you to do this? I don't want you to call your sisters your sister names or I don't want you to kick your brother because of this, because of this. And I give them the reasons why and I explain the need to love. And because when you love others, they feel loved. And when they feel loved, they're able to give love more freely. And, and, and we need to be examples of what love is and the light to the world and 
And I try to share all these things with my kids and they just continue sometimes to do the same things over and over again. And they think that dad's overbearing, that his rules are just outdated and that he's just so strict, blah, 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 blah. And they just think, oh man, I just wish dad wasn't so hard on us. When in reality, all I want is my kids to have a life that is full of joy and happiness and safety and and not not so much safety like put you in a bubble kind of safety, but just I want them to realize that there are some things that if they continue to go down the path that they go down, things are not going to be good for them in the future. And I know this from my own experience. And so if I, if I as a human father who is fallible, who makes mistakes and who is not perfect can say, okay, here are some rules that I know for a fact my children need to live by. They may not understand it now, but one day when they grow up, they will understand some of what dad was saying if they make it to that age doing some of the crazy stuff that they do. Um, Well, how much more does God know what we should or should not be doing? It's not so much that there are these rules that are there to put into place uh, to to harm us or to to make our lives more miserable or that God wants us to be slaves. You know, there, there are scriptures that says, you know, we, we ought to be slaves to Christ. And, 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 you know, when I hear that, it's the same way I feel, I feel the same way about that scripture as I do when I hear God wants us to be a living sacrifice. You know, it's not that God wants us to be puppets. He loves us. We are his children. We belong to him. And, and he wants what's best for us. And he, and he alone, knows what's best for us. So anyway, I do want to read one other little note from a different uh, guide that I was reading here. Uh, this is from my Beating Stress Daily Devotional. It says here that um, we live in a world, but we should not worship it. Yet every turn, it, or so it seems, we are tempted to do otherwise. As Warren Worsby uh, correctly observed, because the world is deceptive, it is dangerous. The 21st century world we live in is noisy, stress-filled, and it's a distracting place, a place that offers countless temptations and dangers. The world seems to cry, worship me with your time. You get that? Worship me with your time. Worship me with your money. Worship me with your energy, with your thoughts, and with your life. But if we are wise, we won't fall prey to that temptation. C.S. Lewis once said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. And it says that's good advice. If you're likely, if you're likely to hit what you aim at, so aim high, aim at heaven. I like that. That is why I am so thankful to come here on an almost daily basis, living realistically in, in my own world, almost daily coming before God and saying, God, will you teach me? Will you direct me? Will you guide me? Will you renew my mind daily? It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I, if, if it says here, don't become a worldly person, if you're struggling against worldliness, it seems to me that the prescription for that is to renew your mind, to be transformed in your mind. And for me, what I found to do that is to spend time alone with God on an almost daily basis, if not daily, 
and to get into his word and to study and and to see and seek out advice and counsel from God and sometimes in the silence. And we'll talk about that in a future episode of the Almost Daily Devotional. But today, are you struggling against worldliness? And if not, if not, then I think that maybe that might say that you've been sucked in. And I say that not as a judgment because, you know what? I am sucked in. I worship this world with my time, my money, my energy, my thoughts, and everything else with it. And I struggle with this one. And that's why I'm thankful to come here and to begin to renew my mind. May you join us again. I'd love to have you back again soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.